Hello and welcome to Pali, the Hindu's weekly discussion podcast. I'm Prashant Parmar, your host for today. At an event last week to mark the payment of over 1,300 crore rupees to depositors in troubled cooperative banks, uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi flaunted the various benefits of his government's revamped deposit insurance scheme. The revamped scheme, which was, uh, which was upgraded through the Deposit Insurance and Credit Guarantee Corporation Amendment Bill 2021, guarantees to compensate depositors up to a limit of 5 lakh rupees within a period of 90 days whenever a bank fails. At the same event, the Reserve Bank of India Governor Shakti Kanta Das warned depositors to be careful with their deposits and avoid investing in risky banks just because they offer higher returns. To discuss this issue, I have with me uh, Professor Amiyatosh Purnanandam, uh, Professor of Finance at the University of Michigan, and Amol Agrawal, an Assistant Professor of Economics at Ahmedabad University. So welcome to both of you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to start with the first question, like uh, the fundamental question is like, uh, what is the need? Uh, I mean, the bill that is actually, uh, I think it was passed in August, I guess. So it's raised the uh, value of the deposits that, that are going to be insured from 1 lakh to 5 lakh rupees. So what's the rationale behind it? Uh, any any of you two can take up. Amitosh, you've written about this extensively. <laughs> Absolutely. The two parts to this answer. One is that the if you look at within India itself, the lack was uh, uh, set um, uh, many decades ago. Now, if you do a simple calculation based on insure, uh, based on the inflation rate, uh, one lakh uh, 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 that was done in 1990s, uh, uh, in fact, that had become extremely inadequate in, in just adjusting for inflation. And second, if you look at international standards uh, where you compare the insurance limit that India has, even lack uh, uh, limit, we are still much below uh, several comparable economies. Uh, for example, uh, think about Korea, Brazil, and certainly we are way below the level that we see in the UK and the USA. So broadly, both in terms of time and across nation, uh, our limit was low. One lakh was really low. So five lakh is in the right direction, but it is still low compared to his, uh, the, the, the international norms. And then <clears throat> if you think about it, we need deposit insurance. We need deposit insurance because uh, we want to give that confidence to depositors that if a bank is going down under, no need to run. Uh, you can stay, um, uh, keep your money in the bank and the bank can continue uh, operating uh, without uh, any financial trouble. So, so it's a combination of these things. So it was, it was long overdue. And finally, uh, it was time to uh, move the needle in the right direction. And so that, that's uh, my, it was needed right now. And I think that's a step in the right direction. Amal? No, I mean, uh, I kind of agree with Amiyatosh and also maybe there is uh, some bit of uh, because uh, as a finance uh, faculty, as a professor of finance, Amya would obviously know about the moral hazard thing. Maybe we can discuss that a little later. But uh, as uh, Amya just argued uh, that uh, here we are uh, and his uh, articles have how India India's uh, deposit, even after increasing it to 5 lakh, 
it is much lower compared to other countries if you compare it with per capita income and other sort of things also so uh, and uh, i think the 2008 crisis uh, with so many banks uh, going under and kind of trouble uh, this uh, whole discussion on deposit insurance uh, really uh, you know started uh, though in india's case uh, because of the number of bank failures and all kinds of bank failures in the last uh, it has uh, again you know led to some interest in in the bank failures uh, in the and, and basically uh, trying to stabilize the banking system and just like uh, as a banking history person just like we sort of saw in the 1930s the way united states set up the deposit insurance uh, we set up our deposit insurance in the 1960s again failures so in in several ways there are history lessons here uh, too that each time your banks fail in large numbers uh, the governments and the reserve banks and the central uh, do something about deposit insurance so uh, it's it's basically as professor amitosh argued to try and infuse confidence in the banking system but i think i've been trying to read up on the subject and maybe we can chat about it a little later uh, that whether uh, a deposit insurance uh, is the best way going forward and what can be done about it uh, yeah yeah but before you go into that like specifically to the 5 lakh figure like how does that compare to the deposit insurance schemes in other countries yeah prashant so uh, as as alluding to earlier this this limit is is uh, still much lower uh, say in in the range of say 6 to 10 times lower than say uh, what i'll call comparable economies like brazil or korea uh, it's like uh, an order of magnitude lower than of course places like us where you have uh, a $250,000 limit of course you cannot compare these numbers in isolation raising power parity and all those things but but broadly uh, uh we still have a lower amount of uh, deposit insurance and now it kind of becomes interesting because uh, i don't think anyone has ever lost money in any scheduled commercial bank in india so so what 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 that means is that in india de facto there is a 100% insurance right so depositors do not lose money it's just that it's not provided explicitly exempt and that has its own distortions right so 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 it's a little bit of a nuanced answer that if you say that hey how does deposit insurance in india compare with other economies explicitly this limit of 5 lakh is much lower than other countries but implicitly in india depositors don't lose money they they may get it later there may be a delay and that can be pretty costly but so there could be a lot of liquidity risk a whole lot of credit risk because government always comes in and excuse banks amol do you have something to add or can we go to the next question no i mean we can move on to the next so uh, obviously we with uh, the deposit insurance and the and the government guarantee that nobody basically loses their money so doesn't it make depositors basically complacent they have like no incentive to do any due diligence or like where to put them i mean even the cooperative banks that we're talking about uh, uh, regarding the scheme i mean uh, people put in their money there because they, i mean they kind of knew uh, implicitly that they uh, they won't lose their money i guess so so the whole question of complacency how do you address that yeah i'm all please go ahead i'll, I'll follow you this time yeah so i mean uh, this whole thing of Uh, the due diligence and 
uh, and trying to find out uh, which bank is riskier. Uh, and uh, going back to what Prashant just said about us uh, saying that people shouldn't be investing in banks uh, just because uh, they are offering higher returns. I think obviously a lot of this has uh, become complicated because if you look at other interested products, uh, nobody, I mean, barring deposit insurance, uh, which is uh, which is coming to you with a cap of five lakhs uh, now, but at least there is some insurance. In all the other kind of cases, you have to you know figure out ways uh, to as an investor to protect yourself. So what is it? What about deposits? Uh, what is it about deposits that they alone should be insured? Now I understand that stability of the banking system is important, but so is stability of debt markets, so is stability of equity markets, and I mean all the sort of financial uh, markets. And uh, here, uh, just because you have this insurance thing, uh, and uh, you know people don't know about this, and there is a general thinking that all our deposits are protected, as Amiyatosh also said, that uh, basically you don't. Uh, I mean, in India, even if, if the government five lakhs since there has been there have been hardly any cases of people not being uh, not being paid so in that sense it's 100% deposit insurance but it doesn't take away the fact that uh, people are not really doing their due diligence and uh, kind of you know in that sense uh, the deposit insurance uh, is not really disciplining the investors i mean they, they should be paying more attention to the stability and all of that and i think uh, a part is that our deposit, uh, the, the premiums the bank pay to uh, the, the deposit insurance agency, that's that's a flat premium. Even that has kind of gone up over the years, but it's flat. Uh, so it basically means that whether you are a risk, whether you are a less risky bank or a state bank of India versus one of those cooperative banks, both of them are paying the same premium. That doesn't make sense. We need to move to a more risk adjusted premium. And I think the, the sooner we go there, uh, the better it is because then somehow the information and will reach out that banks are riskier and, and people should should be wary of investing money in them. Absolutely. So just just to uh, build on what Amol is saying, that uh, we need risk-based uh, deposit insurance premium, uh, which is simply absent in, in India. So when you don't have that, then at some level, it's too much to ask of a depositor, a retail depositor, to be prudent, which bank they invest in. So look, money will chase interest rate. So if a bank offers higher interest rate and there is a reasonable expectation that the government will effectively come in and bail them out, then that uh, investors, at least some of them will be tempted uh, to go to a bank that offers them higher interest rate. So at some level, I do not think that this is this policy that oh uh, investors will be discerning enough, they'll figure out good banks. I don't think that will happen. Investors, in fact, eventually will go for higher interest rate, knowing that at the end of the day, government will uh, will bail us out. So that creates a distortion, and the and the to address that distortion is to go with the risk based pricing, uh, at, and 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 the the related issue is that there has to be uh, some sort of uh, restriction, some, some, some sort of policy on the risk-taking by banks itself. That is, when, if, when the, 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 uh, the, the RBI and their agencies provide uh, deposit insurance, 
it has to come up with very active monitoring of risk taking by banks. Uh, otherwise, this is going to be a huge cost to the taxpayers. Banks will fail uh, eventually, cooperative banks, large banks, small banks. And uh, so, so to answer your question, I, I, I think it is too much to ask of depositors to be prudent. I, I don't think that will work. Uh, what needs to be done is uh, better monitoring of banks. Okay. Okay. Uh, since you both of you talked about like uh, private insurance and option, uh, my question is like, uh, if you actually allow private insurers to actually uh, insure bank deposits, like, uh, what is the likelihood of a uh, private and in, uh, private insurance companies actually taking uh, that taking that risk of uh, insuring bank deposits? I mean, would they actually see it as an uh, insurable risk, or do you think like uh, because I I talk, I asked about this because. Uh, the uh, I mean, right now it's the C. I mean, the deposit insurance and credit guarantee corporation that actually guarantees these deposits, and the banks pay a certain premium for that. So I guess that's like a government body that uh, insures deposits. Yes. Uh, so yes. would private insurance banks, I mean, private insurance companies, actually be willing to take over that risk, or would they be more discerning? Yeah. So that's the question. Look, yeah. here's the thing: uh, the who will insure the insurer? That is, the whole idea behind deposit insurance is that if panic sets in, like in 2008, 13s, or there are small episodes of panic, then everybody is panicking about the financial sector. Everybody is running on the banks. They want their money back. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that if I think a bank is insolvent and therefore you think the bank is insolvent, we all run on the bank. Now, in that scenario, a private insurance might not work because people might think that the private insurer will become bankrupt, right? So, so, it, so the, the might of the government, and the reason deposit when it is government is sponsored is because the government has the ability to be the lender of last resort, that they will get it done. So what you're trying to do through deposit insurance, unlike other insurance, unlike your car insurance, unlike your health insurance, where it's not about panic about the entire financial market, Deposit insurance is about panic about the entire market. And when it's about panic about the entire market, the market, uh, thinking that some other market participant will be able to insure that risk, I think is a little bit too optimistic. US, you have some small pockets of private insurance, but these are small uh, insurance, uh, private insurance companies here and there. Nothing at the level of and the scale that, that we need. So, so, you, so, so the best that I can hope for in terms of private insurance is that you can have a small pockets here and there, but you just cannot think about doing it as a target for the reason I just talked about. Yeah, so, I mean, this is really, uh, as, a, as a student of one of those uh, major questions in which economists are divided, uh, you know, whether there should be a state providing uh, uh, this or there should be a private market and uh, I believe uh, Hindu as a newspaper, uh, Mr. Sampat Kumar and some of you have written extensively on, on this, that uh, you, know, you need to have, uh, you need to think about, and I am obviously completely sentimental to what Amyatosh has also said, that you know, it's too, too much to imagine that when typically the private is, is in a crisis, then the private insurers can, can uh, provide confidence. And uh, in all these uh, panic times, uh, usually, it's the state which has to which has to come. Uh, we we saw that in the 2008 crisis, that United States, which is generally seen as a more market-driven financial system, had to be eventually bailed out. 
by the government and the state and the private actors and obviously there is a lot of div- there is if you and or from the austrian school uh, there is a fair bit of difference around around this thinking uh, uh, from a more interventionist or a keynesian sort of a th- thought process then you would imagine that the government can do the job and government should do the job so uh, but then you know you have uh, uh, countries like germany which have a private insurance uh, system uh but again there is a lot of history behind why germany ended up having the private insurance sort of a thing so uh i mean i i don't really have answers for this but as when talking about india specifically uh we do understand that bc which is run by reserve bank uh, is is the major player there and i think it's it's done a done a decent job though uh, if you bring a free market uh, or a, i mean uh, one of those austrian school uh, Uh, people here they would criticize uh, that you know there is no competition here so how do you know it is it is doing a good job so i guess and this this can be looked at from a philosophical or from a practical perspective philosophical perspective obviously that there will be differences uh, but i think that as far as practical is there uh, dicdc is is doing a fair bit of fair, fair job So is there like no historical or current uh, example of a private insurance company actually doing a good job of like insuring deposits? I mean, you talked about the Germany and stuff. Is there like a completely private or is it some semi-private uh, government thing? Now, as far as Germany is concerned, I think it's uh, primarily private uh, in the sense that the uh, the bank, uh, you know, the bank associations have set up uh, deposit uh, institutions. uh i think in the united states uh, before fdic with, before the 1930s the, the government agency uh, some certain states had uh, experimented with private insurance it was successful somewhere it was not successful somewhere so again uh, it's it's a it's a kind of a mix really uh, and i mean where, but in most countries i would imagine uh, that the state agency state is the one which is providing this insurance so amiyatosh might have Uh, uh, yeah, primarily, primarily leaving one of those two exceptions aside. <laughs> Even in the U.S., there's something in Ohio, there's something in Massachusetts. So there are states that insure uh, banks that are chartered in that state, uh, but very small amount, very small amount. Predominantly, uh, it is the the government that uh, does this kind of insurance. and i am completely with amol that this is uh, one of those things where we are divided it uh, as a community of economists in the sense that people will argue on both sides and my argument is that it should be uh, as a firm believer in a free market economics i believe that uh, when it comes to uh, ensuring panic uh, uh, it should be the government that should do it and uh, at the same time in this case uh, the dicgc and rbi but uh, uh, it should be properly priced and it that should be uh, properly monitored the risk should be properly monitored uh, because uh, partly what happened also because you see what happened with aig in 2008 financial crisis aig it was not exactly deposit insurance but aig was insuring bunch of uh, uh, financial products that were underwritten by uh, goldman sachs and other private banks and aig survival survival itself became very doubtful in 2008 and then ultimately the us government had to come in and rescue them so so if you look at the evidence it's it's 
I go back to my, my who will insure the insurer and will always run that risk um, uh, that the, the insurance company itself goes bust. And, uh, and then what happens? So is answer, but in terms of my view and opinion, I think they should be government's job and the government should do it. Okay, the next question that I have is like about, uh, I mean, uh, uh, what I gather is that deposit complacency is something that you can't totally avoid. And so there's some role for the uh, public deposit insurance scheme. So given that and uh, given the risk, so what exactly do you see as the role of the central banks, so let's say the Reserve Bank of India? So how exactly does it regulate banks to like, because it seems like banks are like depositors are going to be complacent and they're going to invest in the wrong banks. So what can the, any central bank do like in terms of regulation do to prevent all this risk? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So essentially uh, the role of uh, the reserve bank uh, uh, as concerned reserve bank has played uh, a kind of a development institution role in its own way because the ICDC is basically owned by the Reserve Bank. So, uh, and uh, one one will have to obviously look at the ownership uh, status of other uh, insurance agencies. But here, uh, these are fairly clear that bank uh, owns this owns the institution, one of the Reserve Bank uh, govern, I mean, either the Reserve Bank governor or one of the deputy governors is appointed as the head of the institution. Uh, quite a bit of RBI uh, people are uh, working in the ICD, so there is uh, there is a lot of discussion uh, and there is uh, some kind of thinking. But uh, as I understand that, uh, when it comes to bank failures, uh, when it comes to uh, so in in this, Reserve Bank is the one which is playing the major role. Whereas in the United States, if you the FDIC also plays a role in resolution of the banks, uh, uh, where and the the central bank is not, the Federal Reserve is not playing. Uh, you know that kind of an active role, other than you know lending to the troubled institution. So in this uh, kind of a setting, in the way uh, things are, uh, obviously uh, anything which happens in the banks uh, and so on and so forth, uh, the criticism is on the Reserve Bank that what was Reserve Bank doing. Uh, and uh, in that sense, I think just like uh, Reserve Bank is running campaigns about. Uh, about financial literacy and uh, all these things, I think it it needs to also begin to about the fact that uh, not all banks are the same and people should be careful uh, about doing this. But then, as Amir Tosh said, I mean, people are uh, financial literacy campaigns uh, don't really, I mean, they are useful. Uh, there is a lot of research which tells us that they're useful, but it is, it is in few pockets. It's not really uh, that you can... I mean, at, at some level, as a regulator, uh, as a protector of all these things, the least that's the least Reserve Bank can do that it can. We are trying our best to educate people. Now, whether they're taking those lessons, we can't really help. I mean, we can, you can only provide, I mean, the horse, the water, but you can't force horse, horse, the water. I mean, horse, drink the water. So I think uh, somewhere down the line, uh, this uh, uh, sensitizing people about these things and I'm sure it's going to take it's going to take a long time, uh, but uh, I uh, see uh, no other way these things can be done. Maybe Amir Tosh has more answers on this, more ideas on this. No, no, and educating depositor, of course, is an important part. On the 
And this has to go hand in hand with uh, reforms on uh, monitoring of risk at banks, disclosure of risk at banks. So, uh, what, what needs to be done and where I think RBI needs to uh, can, can do a lot more and can add a lot more value is by staying a little bit ahead of the problem. You see, most of these bank failures, C-Bank, uh, any cooperative bank, or uh, in India or anywhere, Lehman uh, uh, Brothers' failure, though it was not a commercial bank, but just to, to make the point that when failures happen, there are a lot of signs of that failure that kind of uh, build up. Uh, and, 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 and often those warning signs are uh, missed uh, by the regulators. Uh, as I often like to say that uh, regulators are always uh, a few steps behind. They always play with the, uh, with the banks. So banks innovate, they're always ahead and they create new financial product. And regulators are still always playing a, a catch-up game in terms of figuring out the true level of risk that banks have taken. So where I'm going with that is that uh, the, the RBI and, uh, and, and other regulatory agencies have to be really on top of uh, the precise risk model, disclosure of that information and quick action before bank fails. Uh, which is hard because you need to have a sense of a good model to figure out which bank is under stress. Um, so, so this 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 depositor uh, discipline has to go hand in hand with uh, improvement in risk uh, management system across across the board. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely there, and in the sense that uh, of late, uh, Reserve Bank has got a lot of criticism for the way Indian banking crisis has uh, moved from public sector banks, which was essentially uh, I mean, less to do with Reserve Bank, more to do with the government, but how it has uh, the risks have transferred to all the other banks Reserve Bank was regulating. So uh, so in that sense, I think uh, clearly Reserve Bank, uh, it's not just been behind, but uh, it's been several uh, sort of several steps behind uh, monitoring all this. Uh, but then it's hard. It's also crisis and they have learned the lessons. They're trying to improve their regulatory and supervisory teams. A lot of talks and discussions going on there. I hope uh, to hear uh, some things more from the Reserve Bank on you know, what is it that they've done uh, about these things? Okay, yeah. Uh, thanks to both of you. I think that's about it, the questions. Yeah. Thank you, both of you.